Praise the Lord, everybody. God bless you and welcome to another episode of Miller Time. I am your host and I am not Senator Day. I am I am your host, Pastor Cedric Miller. I'm so glad that you're here. I am down here in the man cave as always, and I am here to talk about what's going on in the world today. Thank you to all of you um, for joining me tonight. Great to hear, darling, that your mom came home. Amen. Praise the Lord this afternoon. It's great to see the Lord answering the prayers of his people. Amen. Uh, Mom Pudis, we're praying for you. Amen. We know what's going on with your niece and we're keeping you in prayer in Jesus name. Amen. And if Pastor Kim knew that I had that many buttons unbuttoned, I didn't notice till just now. I am not trying to make this hot pastor summer. Um, I just didn't notice that. Hey, Nancy, how are you? So glad that all of you are with us tonight and thank you um, for joining me. Hey, if you're joining us for the first time, remember this is not a church service or at least it's not intended to be. Um, but we're church folk. We're, we're spirit-filled people and we can turn anything into a church service. So the Lord can turn anything into a church service. You know, when you're God, you can just do things like that and we're open to him. But I'm saying all that to say, not that we won't get churchy and we plan not to, but however, should, should we go, uh, that direction, um, <laughs> It's just because that's who we are, all right? And I'm saying all that to say that I am not attempting to, to impart the, the wonders of the theological spectrum. We're just here to talk about current events, what's going on, and this humble servant's take on all that is going on in the world. All right, that's the point to all of that. So you don't write me because you may have a difference of opinion. That's why it's called an opinion, right? It's from your perspective, your point of view, not your panoramic view, your point of view. And this is just my point of view. All right, let's pray. We love him tonight. We praise your father. We glorify your holy name. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your graciousness towards us. What a mighty God you are. What a wonderful savior. Thank you for the cross. God, thank you, God, that it's where we find mercy and grace to help in time of need. Thank you for loving us enough to die for us. And thank you that the blood still cleanses, the blood that gives us strength from day to day. Even in the 21st century, America has never lost its power. We celebrate that tonight. Bless our time together. We invite you in the midst of us. Have your way in all that we say and do. Be glorified in us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Well. God bless you, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Amen. I want to jump right into it. We've got some stuff we want to talk about and we want to share about all that's going on in the world today. Let me just throw this out here at the onset. I'm not talking about what's going on in Congress. I don't have the bandwidth. I, I just cannot believe um, adults are behaving this way. 
the the childishness if you like it i don't like it um when you were it this is how you act acted so now that i'm it we uh i, I don't even want to talk about it before you know it i'll be back to drinking or smoking weed or so i'm i'm kidding of course but i i just don't have the emotional bandwidth to deal with what's going on in congress right now i have really tuned it out um i'm not suggesting that to you by any stretch of the imagination hey mom barbara how are you hey sis how you doing all right i'm so glad to have you tonight listen i'm not going to talk about it. i just want to move on all right in the news there's some stuff going on that i want to talk about tonight and uh i should have just named tonight let's talk about it right um as you know there was a crisis at the border with thousands literally tens of thousands of haitian migrants that bombarded um the border in a matter of days couple weeks max problem solved right we we haven't been able to deal with this border crisis but you know let the Negroes come and we can finish this in no time flat. Well, crisis averted. There's nobody under the bridge. Everything is settled. We've deported um, just about half the folk back to, uh, more than half the folk back to Haiti. Let me not say that. We deported them to Haiti, not back to Haiti, because a lot of them that were there, clearly, if you know anything about geography, there kind of is no way to travel on land from Haiti to the Mexican border, right? So clearly they're coming from someplace else. And we did not even send them back to where they, they're coming from. We just sent them back to Haiti because Haiti's government is so fragmented and so fractured and there's nobody there to tell us, no, we're not taking them or no, you can't bring them here and we're the mighty united states you know if we send them back to places like brazil and stuff where they were coming from there there are established governments there that would have said no they can't come back here but you know haiti's in a little trouble they they never recovered from the from the first earthquake then they had the second one and then a, a hurricane came right after that then the president got assassinated um <laughs> so Let's just send them back to Haiti. Nobody's gonna fight us. Nobody's gonna stop us. So I want you, I want, I want you to understand why I'm saying this because this is very important. Many of those people haven't been to Haiti in over ten years, so they've established a life elsewhere, right? Um, I think Brazil was getting the Olympics, so it invited a lot of them and promise them things that says, if you move here, you can get a better life, you can get settled. There was a pathway to citizenship and so forth and so on. Once that whole thing had passed and they no longer needed them, then they started treating them any kind of way and so forth. That's why they were looking to get out. Let me just tell you the whole rest of the story that you probably won't hear on the news. So 10 years later, they're thinking they're, they're having a new life in South America so it's not working out they're on their way and we sent them back to now keep in mind now we're talking about haitians here we're talking about third world people no matter how poor third world people are 
even when there is no food, they're going to make babies. So there are hundreds, possibly thousands of the individuals who got deported to Haiti. That's not even the land of their birth. And I guarantee you, you haven't even heard that discussion, right? So those, those South American kids, and that's what they are, born in South America, just sent back to Haiti, and that's the end of story. Um, but, you know, this is the great country that the sanctity of life is a priority, and you understand that. God help us. That's all I'm going to say about that. Also in the news, hey, good evening, Reverend Sue, how are you? Don't forget that. Please, whatever you do, don't forget that because they're going to talk over it like it didn't happen. Thousands of kids that were sent back to Haiti last week and the week before aren't Haitian citizens. They're South Americans. And I didn't hear one conversation about sending them back where they came from. It's too easy for the United States to bully Haiti. And they just took them because they have no choice. And they came back to no houses, no nothing. They came back to violence. Many of them are dead. But uh, they're not Afghans, so who cares? Let's just, let's, just, let's just move on. Let's just move on. We saw some <laughs> jokes happening the other day in the... Uh, in the Arizona uh, recall, the recount, remember? The cyber ninjas, remember all of that? Um, I was waiting, I was waiting to see what was going to happen when the report finally came out, right? The report finally came out and they found out that Joe Biden won Maricopa County by more than they originally thought, and Donald Trump got less votes than they originally thought. I didn't say much about it because I wanted to see what difference it made. We now have our answer. None. One more time, none. The people who, who, who thought Arizona was stolen still believe that Arizona was stolen. The people who thought that Joe Biden is not the legitimate president still believes that way. Millions of dollars donated by fools prove nothing and change nothing. I'm saying all that to say to you, and I hope you hear me today, that America is in dangerous territory because we're at a place in, this, in our national life where truth no longer matters. It's almost as if there is a collective cry from the culture and says, don't interrupt my life with facts. I believe what I believe, and no matter what you said, now if... If, if, if the cyber ninjas had found something, it would have been a legitimate audit. They didn't find anything, so it's not legitimate. So you either prove what I believe or you're not legitimate. You know, it's like the election is rigged 
if I lose. But if I win, the people have spoken. In other news, for those of you that uh, follow football at all, I saw something this week that kind of disturbed me. And it just, well, you judge for yourselves. You're smart people. I see your names. I know most of you, if not all of you. You're intelligent people. I need you to judge this for yourself, but I need you to at least give me a hearing. Give me a listen and see if I'm not losing my marbles here. All right. Urban Meyer. I believe he is the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> a, a video surfaced on social media showing a woman who is not Meyer's wife dancing on him at an Ohio bar. The video came out right after the Jaguars lost to the Bengals in a 24-21 Thursday night game in Cincinnati. Follow me here. This is important. The Jaguars owner, Shad Khan said Tuesday in a statement, specifics of our conversation will be in confidence, but I have spoken. I have addressed the matter with Urban. What I will say is his conduct last week was inexcusable. I appreciate Urban's remorse, which I believe is sincere. Now he must regain our trust and respect. That will require a personal commitment from Urban to everyone who supports, represents, or plays for our team. I am confident he will deliver. In the video, in the video, Meyer is seen seated by a bar and appears to face towards the center of the room when a woman dances with her back towards him. You have a good picture in your mind. Now, I'm a little sketchy on the details. I didn't look up the video. Not because I didn't have time, but because I don't care. And I didn't look up the video because I don't think it's important to my point. I'm a little concerned because in one sentence, they says a video surfaced with a woman dancing on him, right? And then it says, in the video, Meyer is seen seated by a bar and appears to face towards the center of the room while a woman dances with her back towards him. Well, I don't know. I mean, I have a good idea what might have been going on, right? Not that I've ever seen it in person or nothing, but stay with me here. What did he do? Bridget, I hear you. Bridget said he's he's only remorseful because he's exposed. My question to you, why does he have to be remorseful at all? 
Could somebody explain that to me? Why does he have to be remorseful that there's some woman dancing on him that's not his wife in America in 2021? I'll give you a second to. Mary, that's the exact question I'm trying to get to here. Thank you. <laughs> I hear you, G. I'm, I'm, I, I want I'm, I'm trying to get you to help me to understand what did he do and what is he apologizing for? Now, I read the rest of the article and they said um, he did say on, my, on Monday, Meyer admitted to skipping the team flight back to Jacksonville so he could stay in Ohio to spend time with family. Meyer said he ate dinner with his family and that there was a big group of people in the restaurant who wanted him to come over and take pictures and tried to pull him out on the dance floor screwing around. And that's a direct quote. I have questions, right? He's out at a dinner with family. Was Mrs. Meyer there? Bridget, can you just let me host this show? Because that's exactly where I'm going. I'm kidding, Bridget, but you know my point. Uh, um, I'm trying to understand what he needed to apologize for. As a pastor, I wouldn't do it. As a Christian, I think it's inappropriate. What I'm trying to understand is that outside of church, and I'm speaking to all you people. Yes, and I did say you people. Who, when others did worse, your retort was, I didn't vote for a Sunday school teacher. I didn't vote for um, a pastor in chief. You remember all those, all those things, right? I, you know, if I was looking for a preacher, I'd went to, that's not what we voted for. Mary said something. She said, that's what chicks do at, at bars and club. I used to do it and it means nothing. I'm not sitting here trying to make this some great Christian act. I, I, I'm just trying to understand the moral authority that the American public uses to say this is inappropriate and he should repent to the nation for it. I think he owes Mrs. Meyer an apology. And if he's saved, right, he may need to have a conversation with the Lord about that. For the life of me, I cannot come to grips with our selective morality. That's my problem. I don't understand what our morality as a nation is based on. It is so hodgepodge. It's so smorgasbord. It is such a cafeteria plan, right? You know. Don't let a woman dance on you. That's just 
inappropriate. Turn her around and grab her. We'll make you president. I, I, I don't understand. And I know you can sense a level of sarcasm in my voice. <sighs> I, 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 I just don't. I'm, I'm trying to understand. And I'm, I'm sitting and I keep reading, hoping for somebody to help me out and straighten me out here. Let me see. Uh, Reverend Sue said, uh, this reminds me of what I've heard you say. Push your door open like like the license to be moral and it's okay with folks and you open up a door that cannot be closed. Yeah. You, you, you can't vote somebody to the highest office in the land and says, um, yes, Tori, I'm talking about the Jaguars. You can't vote somebody to the highest office of the land and say, we don't care what he does and how immoral he is. But because we heard that a Jaguars coach got potentially, I'm, I'm just guessing, Ram, got potentially a G-rated lap dance in a public restaurant in front of his family, he should repent because it just violates the very... Um, <clears throat> nature of who we are it's just indecent his the owner says it's inexcusable i i just need i just need anybody to explain to me how you know just tell me what are the rules of engagement here tell me what are we doing um because in the last several years, I've seen this nation support individuals with much more egregious acts and look the other way in Jesus' name. And now, because somebody had somebody dancing in his lap, and I am not trying to trivialize it, and I recognize... Um, and at the same time, I am trivializing it. Let me not even go there. I'm trying to be too nice tonight. I'm, I'm going to stop that right now, right? I am trivializing it. Because in light of what is normal, in the light of what is accepted in this nation, in the light of what certain individuals can do and get away with it and get elected, in the light of all of that stuff, This ain't nothing. This ain't nothing. Christians are called to live modest lives and to walk circumspectly and so forth and so on. And if I was his pastor, I would have been on the phone with him and we would have had a good talk and we would have straightened that out and we would have done some things. But in terms of this nation as a whole, Tell Miss Meyer, call me. Any of y'all have her number? Tell her I like to talk to her. I just want to know how she felt about it. We don't even know if she was there. The whole family probably was cheering him on, but just because it showed up on social media, now it's a big deal. And we being the hypocrites that we are is going to act like our little holy souls is just, uh, just appalled. Not buying it, folks. Not buying it. Not buying it.
I think we should quit being such hypocrites. Let me see what Tori says. Y'all killing me with all these hyphens. Tori. Y'all remember Tori, right? Tori Taran. She's now Tori Rucker. Um, she says, <laughs> I see her face right now as I said that. She said, uh, people dance in bars, and if you're well-known, women are going to come up to you and dance. They need to leave that man alone. Uh, well, Mary said, it's no new thing, resurfing videos of people and their quote unquote mistakes. And you know, one of the one of the issues too with, with these resurfacing videos and people's mistake, what happened most times is that a lot of times when the act happened, it wasn't even seen by the culture because we have no foundation to which we base truth on. It wasn't seen as the uh, by the culture at the time that it was something egregious, but because it becomes a hot button topic in today's time, we can go back and judge yesterday's action by today's standards and then somebody get crucified for what was normal in his time. Hmm. Now, I've been in church a long time, so I wasn't out there, right? I was a grown man married with children before I first saw the inside of a club. Let me just be very honest about that. And the first time I saw the inside of a club, it was in San Francisco. I was doing an audit and it was the only place to get a burger because we worked till 10 o'clock that night. All right. I came up old school church. I get that. But from what I'm hearing, everybody's saying, and thank you guys for not being hypocrites and, and not forgetting that the Lord saved you from somewhere. Thank you for just being honest. And I'm not talking about some worldly carnal, ain't no shame to my game. No, I'm just talking about people that know the grace of God and are honest about it. From what I'm hearing, all of you are saying that there really is a no big deal about something of that in the normal course of time. But we as a nation need to stop being hypocrites. And when we want to get somebody, we make their thing, which is normal so many times. America has lost its moral authority to say much of anything to anybody after it supported the former president. That's the point I'm trying to make. And I'll leave that alone. This has got to be the fastest hour of the week. Mom Dorsey says we don't, we don't have any standard. If it feels good, do it. But if we need to get you after you do it, we'll bring it back up. That's how that works. We have people, listen to me very carefully. We have ministries here in the United States, public ministries who go out and listen to what I'm saying. Public ministries, national ministries that holds marriage at such a high standard that before this, have fired executives for being divorced. And something in those very individuals made them become staunch supporters of the former president on his third marriage. I wonder what that thing is. You think they finally had an epiphany about maybe there is grace even for divorce? You think that's what it is? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think, I think they still believe what they believe, but I think there's something that they treasure 
more than they think God hates divorce. Remember, you heard it here first. So you made a great point there. I'm sure he's probably warned his players. He, you know, he's a longtime coach. He's seen this stuff. He's probably warned his players, please, people are watching you. Their phones everywhere. Do the, you know, best be careful. And then he gets caught in the same thing. Um, Urban, you shouldn't have done it, son. You really shouldn't have done it. Um, but we're sending the bouncer. I say to you, Grace did much more about it. Here's my advice to you. Go and sin no more. <sighs> Sheila, you couldn't have said that any better. That's what we did. It's just like daycare. Let's just talk about everybody else's stuff so we don't have, nobody have time to talk about our stuff, right? You know, guys, can we just be honest? And please, I'm not coddling the situation. I'm not trying to 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 sugarcoat sin. I'm not trying to do any um the above. <laughs> I'm gonna let Bridget host this program next week because she seemed to be always a step ahead of me. Bridget, you want, you want my job? Um, let's just be honest. So Urban Meyer went and got a lap dance in a restaurant. This wasn't even like a, um, this is a restaurant. This is not a strip club or anything of the sort, right? It's a restaurant. Um, forget about anybody, just everybody in the, in the mirror. Does anybody on here really have grounds to be that critical to the point that you feel that you need an apology or you deserve one. <laughs> All right, so there's no video of what you did or who you did. Or who did you? Or who you did it to? Or who you did it with? And I'm not making your situation anything either. I'm just saying, is there a person here that feel justified to say, I supported that team. Can't believe he acted like that. I demand an apology. I need to leave that alone because it makes me angry. <laughs> it's fake holiness, y'all. That's what I'm trying to say to you. It's fake righteousness. It's, it's, it's garbage. We don't even believe that way. We don't even believe that. There's a good chance that 40% of this nation, with all that we have come to learn about the former president, will vote him again because we really don't care about morality that much at all. We, we all saw the copy of the $150,000 check to Stormy. Right? We heard Stormy on the news explaining what um, Melania's bedroom looks like, cause she's been in there. 
and what Donald's bed looked like because she's been in there because those are two different rooms. But he's still our dude. But the lap dance dude, torch him and burn him. I mentioned this, it came up again this week. I think it's worth talking about. Hospital staff in Arkansas, right? Is still dealing with the idea of people asking for demanding religious exemptions on vaccines. And they're still making people sign that if they do get a religious exemption, they also have to sign that says they will not take Tylenol, Pepto-Bismol, Aspirin, Tums, Lipitor, Senecot, Motrin, Ibuprofen, Maalox, Exlax, Benadryl, Sudafed, Albuterol, Preparation H, MMR, Vaccine, Claritin, Zoloft, Prilosec, OTC, I have no idea what, oh, Prilosec OTC. That might be over the counter, I think. And azithromycin. Right. So if you're going to get the religious exemption, they're saying you, you have to sign off on that also. Well, I found out that quite a few people have signed off on it to say they want the exemption and they won't take that either. And they're doing this based on religious exemption. Does anybody know that lying? Ah. <laughs> uh, is also a sin. Tori said her job, American Airlines, is not accepting religious exemptions. Now, just, just for the record, I'm no doctor, but I talked to one a couple of days ago to make sure I was on the right track with this. Um, that the same systems, the same technology, the same philosophy that was used in developing this vaccine is tied to all these other medicines. And I looked and saw, I was trying to count how many I've taken over the years. Tylenol, um, aspirin, Tums. Well, I ain't gonna say no more because y'all don't need to get that much into my business. But just to, just, just to let you know, I have taken a few of these and um, I think most of the people that signed it is lying. Just straight lying. And I'll tell you this much. There seems to be some correlation between political persuasion and vaccine hesitancy. And I ain't getting into it, but I'm going to I'm going to say this much. There's a good chance if you're a racist lying doesn't pose too much of a problem for you. Hmm. In other news, I'm trying to rush through because, you know, I keep a main story every night, right? There is a main story. In other news, whistleblower, um, this person is a uh, data scientist. I'm looking for the proper term. Um, is a scientist of some sort with um, Facebook. And she testified today on Capitol Hill. And in her opening remarks, she said, I am here today 
because I believe that Facebook's products harm children, stoke division, and weakens our democracy. She continued, the company's leadership knows how to make Facebook and Instagram safer, but won't make the necessary changes because they have put their astronomical profits before people. Congressional action is needed. She continued. The company's, thanks Nancy, the name, Nancy just posted name. Um, Sheila, I'll get to that in a minute. The company's systems for catching offending content such as hate speech catches a very tiny minority of offending content because of the company's deep focus on scale. It is unlikely to ever catch more than 10 to 20% of offending content. So let me just repeat that in English. Facebook's contents harms children, stokes division and weakens our democracy. Facebook has known it, always known it, and have chosen not to do anything about it. They won't change it because they're making so much money with the harmful stuff that there's no point in their minds to change it. And even when it comes to the blocking of hate speech, because of how they see their focus on scale, it is unlikely to ever catch more than 10 to 20% of offending content. And of course, when you start having a conversation, we need to have a definition of terms because somebody still need to ask the question, if the stuff that we're calling offensive content, does the executives at Facebook find them offensive? That is an assumption that you should not make. This woman, Hogan, her name is Frances Hogan. She, um, she says, Facebook has prioritized profits over public safety and was aware of research that showed the negative impact of some policies on young users. This is how she closed out. When we realized tobacco companies were hiding the harms it caused, the government took action and the government is being asked to take action again. I told you so. In other news, um, Sheila asked the question, she was question, isn't there a difference between vaccines and OTC meds or other meds? Should, should they be lumped together? The, 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 the point to that, Sheila, is that, I don't know if you remember, not so long ago, um, Claritin D was over the counter. Oh, no, no, it required a prescription. Now it's over the counter, right? Um, so generally, you can say yes, but the, the rationale that makes something over the counter versus... Um, that process, God knows what it is. 
because something can change category without changing in substance, right? And it says Zuckerberg worth 200 billion. How much do you need for Christmas sake? <laughs> do the right thing, dang, all right? See, we're assuming that the stuff we're calling offensive, he's considering offensive. Why, why would, I don't know him, I've never met Mark. Mark, if you're listening to this, call me, we can talk. Um, why would you find offensive stuff why would you find things offensive that supports people like the Donald Trumps who is responsible for you paying such little taxes on your millions, on your billions? You know, so in and of themselves, you may see something as offensive, but the fact that the offensive stuff is propping up people who are good for your bottom line, you might not be that offended at all. One more thing before we go to our main story. Oh, Lord Jesus. One more thing. One more thing. Poll came out two days ago. And in this poll, you might have heard of it, 41% of Biden voters and 52% of Trump voters support America being split into two separate countries. Let me say it one more time. 52% of Trump supporters and 41% of Biden voters support splitting the country into two separate countries. <laughs> I hear you, Ms. Gary. <laughs> it's all they've ever done. The, the answer was, I would favor a blue-red state seceding from the union to form their own separate country, right? The divide between Trump and Biden voters is deep, wide, and dangerous, said University of Virginia Center for Politics Director Larry J. Sabato. The scope is unprecedented, and it will not be easily fixed. You know, one of the reasons I read, I read that, and I read that because... I'm trying to get a lot of my peers and people I know and love to stop buying the nonsense like this is about abortion or conservative values. When it's all said and done, at the bottom of every dark spot in American life will always be motivated by race, fueled by greed. That's right, I said it. Motivated by race, fueled by greed. Hey, Kevin said, it's always been split rich and, you know, we've been known there's two separate Americas, <laughs> but they're talking about make it official. Let's, let's do it like the South did. Right, which I don't even know how they would do the divide, especially since there are people of both stripes in all states. I guess you'd have to move, depend on what you know country you're going to be a part of. But I'm saying this because we need to stop buying the lie that somehow it's abortion and it's other conservative values that's behind it and all that stuff. Nobody is saying let's split the country 
um, based on our views on abortion, or our view on same-sex marriage or anything of that. No. Every state is home to voters of different political persuasions. It's not clear how secession by politics would work in practice, but the suggestion connotes the 1861 secession of 11 states in the South that led to the Civil War and the deaths of 620,000 Americans, right? 620,000 dead people because of race. <sighs> And in many ways, it may not be as pronounced as it was, but it's still the underlying factor stirring everything out. We just lost in about a year and three quarters over 700,000 people in this great Christian nation that has the sanctity of life as a priority. And every time you turn around, we don't mind losing hundreds of thousands. Oh, we will mourn for 40 years over 3,000 dying at the hands of foreigners. But 600,000 in a war, uh, 700,000 in a, in a pandemic, uh, <laughs> I hear you, Tracy. The author of this study says, simply put, we need a real plan to heal our fractured democracy. See, we just don't disagree with other, each other in philosophy anymore. See, that used to be a thing, right? But now, we don't even want you around. We want you to go somewhere. Go find another country, go live there. It's not as shallow as you're trying to make it. You think it's about conservative and liberal policies and so forth and so on. Now, this stuff is deep. This is not, this ugly is not skin deep. This is, this is something in the bones, in the marrow of a nation. It's hate-filled, it's dark, it's nasty, and it's very American. And as long as we're going to tiptoe around it, as long as we're going to pussyfoot around it and act like it's something else and call it something else and act like it ain't what it is, we're going to sit there and this thing is going to blow up in our face because this undercurrent, this thing that is going on is, is, is not saying I disagree with you, is saying I no longer support your right to be. I don't want to live with you. I don't want you around me. I don't want you in the same country I am. I promise you. And as this is going on, we're just going to soothe ourselves and tell ourselves, we're better than this. This is not who we are. <laughs> I'm going to skip this. This ain't even what I'm talking about. All right. Big story of the night. Big story of the night. Here we go. Y'all ready? Y'all ready for this? Want to hear? Here you go. Wisconsin Assembly passes ban on teaching 
critical racial race theory. Passes a ban on teaching. Now, you said, Pastor, what's the big deal about that? I want you to stay with me because this gets into more detail than that, right? Um, the ban affects teaching public school students and training employees about concepts um, such as systemic racism, implicit bias would be banned on the legislation. Let's be clear that the Republican legislature passed on strict party lines. So don't write me and say, Pastor, you act like this is just, the, it's just the Republicans. That's not me acting. GOP lawmakers approved a bill 61 to 37 along party lines that would create a statewide civics curriculum that all Wisconsin public and private schools would have to follow. I thought these are the same people when it comes to mask mandates that are saying that these are local decisions and parents and local boards and teachers should have autonomy to make decisions for their own students because, but when it comes to issues of race, it's okay for that to come down from the state. It's race. The bill which passed the assembly on a 60 to 38 party line vote is all but certain to be vetoed by the Democratic governor, Tony Everett. Stay with me here. He said, well, thank God for that. Thank God for that. Yes, G, the cheeseheads. Opponents have criticized the measure as an attempt to strip local district and say it misinterprets the concept of critical race theory, which focuses on social and racial inequity in the U.S. law and constitutions. These are the same people again that says elections must be local. We don't need to state. We need to do this locally, right? But again, when it comes to race, let Big Brother tell us what to do, especially if we are in the majority in the legislature in that state. You see, you see how that works? So if Republicans are in the majority in the state legislature, then the states should tell the local school boards what to do. But if they're not, local school boards with parents and teachers should be able to make local decisions. That's how that works. In case you didn't know, let me just explain that to you. Lakeisha Myers from Milwaukee characterized the measure on Tuesday as a way to show division similar to former President Richard Nixon's Southern strategy, a campaign that was used, that used fear of crime and lawlessness to, to tap into white Southern voters' anxiety over racial integration and equality without using overly racist language. Let me just say that in another way for you. Richard Nixon, when the issue of integration and uh came up and equality. Richard Nixon didn't come out and says, hey, listen, the last thing you want is niggas living next to you. He came out and says, listen, if we do this integration thing, your neighborhoods, Donald Trump did it too, your neighborhood's gonna be overrun with, with keep in mind, the subject is integrating. If you do it, it's gonna bring crime and lawlessness and rape into your community and you don't really want that. So he never says black people are going to do this. He just said, if you integrate with them, this is what's gonna happen. <clears throat> Somebody tell me what's the difference. It gets worse. 
AB 411 and bills like it are a poor attempt at reverse psychology to sow seeds of division and hate by, play, by playing on the fears of a shrinking white majority. Listen to this. Listen to this. It gets worse. Bill co-author Representative Chuck Widgers, Republican of Muskego, said, listen what he says. Listen what he said. Says the bill follows concerns raised by parents over materials being taught to their children in primary and secondary schools. A similar GOP authored bill would prohibit the same concepts from being taught in universities and technical colleges. Stay with me now. This is because kids in secondary schools, parents are complaining. So we gonna stop them from doing it there. And we also gonna stop it from the university level where people are, where there are adults who are supposed to be in the process of being trained to think critically, but we gonna stop it there. It gets worse. The bill, the bills would ban seven concepts from the classroom. Listen how they mix in this like rat poison here, including that one race or sex is superior to another. Check. That a person is inherently racist by virtue of his or her race or sex. Check. A person's moral character is necessarily determined by race or sex. Bad idea, I'm with you. And systems, listen to this. Systems based on meritocracy are racist or sexist or designed to oppress people of another race. You see how that got slid in there? Systems based on meritocracy are racist or sexist or designed to oppress people of another race. Let me say this one more time, please. And I'm begging you, only let me say this one more time. It is tough for America to say anything about meritocracy when throughout its entire history, even to the present, even in its current policies, in its roads, bridges, and Kool-Aid, that there is always an element to make sure minorities and people of color have the worst education, the worst housing. This is not accident. This is not people being lazy. This is a design. It is there. It has always been there. You can't just look the other way and says, well, it's based on merit. We're going to make sure we're going to do everything to make sure that for 10 generations, you never qualify. But the system is based on merit. It is such a joke. Stay with me here. An amendment to the bill removed from the legislation one additional concept. Right. And that is that a person should feel guilty for past acts committed by people of his or her race or sex. I don't even want to talk about that. In testimony before an assembly committee last month, Widger said the bill would ban the teaching of concepts, including social emotional learning. These are the things it would ban social emotional learning, diversity. Stay with me here. Equity and inclusion. These are banned subjects, culturally responsive teaching, anti-racism, conscious and unconscious bias, culture, uh, 
microaggressions, multiculturalism, patriarchy, restorative justice, social justice, systemic racism, white privilege, white supremacy, and woke. Now, the author said it's not clear to what extent the theory, which has been explored mostly in academic journals, actually informs K-12 education. No school in Wisconsin has been reported to be teaching critical race theory. The idea that we're going to say that one race is superior, that one religion is better than the other, that one sex has certain characteristics that make them better than the other, that is preposterous and should never happen. That's what um, one of the authors of the bill is saying. Let me read that again. The idea that we're saying that we're going to say that one race is superior, that one religion is better, or one sex has certain characteristics that make them better than the other, that is preposterous. It shouldn't happen. Sweetheart, you just defined American life. We've always believed that as a people, not individually, but as a people. America still believes till this day, white's preferred to black, white is preferred to black, male is preferred to female, straight is preferred to gay, tall is preferred to short. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and this is what she said. We should be a colorblind society that judges everyone based on the content of their character as someone more eloquent than me said than on the color of their skin. Ah, nice reference. Um, still not coming to the barbecue. Um, nobody's buying it. Quickly, stay with me here. I want you to see this video real quick. It's only a couple of minutes. Showed up on MSNBC. I I, I, I looked through about 80% of it just to check it out for myself, but I think it'll bless you and you will understand why I stand for the need to teach critical race theory as it is properly defined, not, at it, not as it is purported in the media to mean. All right, check out this video real quick. the border. The border crossed us. It's a common expression among Latinx Americans, and it was why I heard earlier this week when I was in San Antonio for my latest Velshi Across America conversation. This one's centered around Hispanic Heritage Month, which runs from the middle of September through the middle of October. And they are not wrong. The people we know as Hispanic, or more commonly now, uh, uh, Latino, Latina, or Latinx, have been in America long longer than there has been in America, much longer. The Spanish empire in what is today America included almost all of today's California, Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, and Florida, and several more states. There were Spanish-speaking people in Texas while it was a Spanish colony, then a Mexican province, and briefly from 1836 to 1845, when Texas was an independent country. But in 1845, Texas joined the United States, and Mexico, who had been citizens of the Texas Republic became outsiders in their own land. 
White settlers from the rest of the United States came down the Mississippi or down the Natchez Trace uh, from as far north as Nashville, Tennessee, along with many immigrants from Europe. They moved in and essentially started to take over. Didn't happen all at once, but over time. The Tejanos, Texas-born Mexicans, were soon outnumbered in the nation's government. And so the, Los An the Anglos restricted Tejanos' access to voting, made it more difficult for them to hold on to land, and, and used police violence, including by the famed Texas Rangers, against them. From there, the political discrimination against the native Mexicans kept intensifying. Might sound familiar to you. It could be the textbook definition of colonization, except it probably wasn't in the textbooks that you were reading in grade school. You, like most people with an American education, were probably fed fables about the courageous white settlers like Davy Crockett and Daniel Boone defending the Alamo against a Mexican invasion. The Mexicans just wanted their land back. But they lost, and to the victor goes the spoils and the historical narrative. Spanish-speaking peoples, both descendants of Spaniards and Native Americans, who were converted, willingly or unwillingly, by Spanish and Mexican missionaries, and their often mixed descendants, were in this country long before the pilgrims, but their history is often overlooked or whitewashed. To be Latinx in this country could mean you are a recent immigrant. It could also mean you're descended from people who have popped America since Ponce de Leon founded St. Augustine, Florida, America's oldest city, in 1513, more than 500 years ago. So when folks tell Latinx people in this country to go back to where you came from, for those living in Texas, the land they live on literally used to be Mexico and a Spanish colony before that. They didn't cross the border. The border crossed them. And having an accurate grasp on this country's history is essential to our identity especially for the black and the brown people whose history is being ignored simply because that history makes America look bad. I know I had some technical problems and you probably did too. Um, but I think you could get enough of the picture. And I played that just so you would know why it is so important that critical race theory. Has to be taught. If for no other reason. That we built a nation on a lie. You know, when I hear people talking about the big lie, I'm like, what are you talking about? The election? Or how we got here? Imagine, imagine being at home one day and wake up one day and find out that you're now an immigrant in your own land and people tell you, go back where you came from. People come from someplace else and tell you to go back where you came from. Let me tell you how dangerous this is. The bill I just talked about in... um. What country is that in again? Wisconsin? I just remember Wisconsin because Garfield said cheeseheads. All right. Can I just read? I'm, I'm done. I'm over time. But can I just read a list of all, not all, but a list of the additional terms and concepts that this bill wants banned from the education system of 
Wisconsin. Here is the list. Critical race theory, action civics, social emotional learning, diversity, equity, and inclusion, culturally responsive teaching, abolitionist teaching, affinity groups, anti-racism, anti-bias training, anti-blackness, anti-meritocracy, obtuse meritocracy, centering or decentering, collective guilt, colorism, conscious and unconscious bias, critical ethnic studies, critical uh, pedagogy, I'm sorry, critical self-awareness, critical self-reflection, cultural appropriation or misappropriation, cultural awareness, cultural competence, cultural proficiency, cultural relevance, cultural responsiveness, culturally responsive practices, racial healing, racialized identity, racial justice, racial prejudice, racial sensitivity, racial supremacy, reflective exercises, representation and inclusion, restorative justice, restorative practices, social justice, spirit murdering, structural bias, structural inequity, structural racism, systemic bias, systemic oppression, systemic racism, systems of power and oppression, unconscious bias, white fragility, white privilege, white social capital, white supremacy, whiteness, woke. Those are all terms and concepts that this bill in Wisconsin wants banned from American education. In other words, Wisconsin is saying, we want our children only to be given the whitewash history that we want them to have. And because we have the power and while we have the power, we need to move fast to make sure that the last thing our children need in school is the truth in Jesus name. May God help us. Nancy asked the question, how did a nation of immigrants become a nation that hates immigrants? It's language. Because we're a nation of immigrants, but we don't see ourselves as immigrants. We see other people who came after us as immigrants and other people who came before us that we won in a fight, that we beat in a fight. So they're immigrants. That's what we're becoming. And I'm telling you right now, if you think ducking your head in the sand or keep looking the other way, or just like my pastor friends tell me, you know, I'm just, I'm not addressing it. I'm just teaching love and forgiveness. I just want to see people come together. Um, I'm not talking about any of that stuff. I let other people talk about it. I don't deal with political issues. I just, I just deal with what the, you know, the love of Jesus and teach people the grace of God. Sounds good. Not biblical. Not biblical. The whole narrative of the New Testament is about equity and fairness and rightness and liberation and God's horrible attitude towards oppression. Garfa says, I remember those cute little stories about the, the heroic tales of David Crockett and Daniel Boone defending our land from these savages. I mean, we don't have to play. 
most people like you know you do it like they treat it like they do the uh like the national anthem right we do the same thing to the declaration of independence right we know the the one line that says we hold this truth to be self-evident but we don't read the second page where even in the declaration of independence our forefathers who came in and savagely murdered the native americans in our signed document the declaration of independence the native americans are referred to as indian savages yes that's that's how that's how we name that's why you know they're the immigrants they're the outsiders and over time over time the term immigrant has become synonymous with black brown and yellow everybody's had their time i remember when it was the irish and even the italians for a while then you know white hate has been around right it didn't start with us everybody's had their little turn now ours lasted a little longer than most people but go check it out hate can go on fettered but now the term immigrant is, is now tied to dark we can't look the other way and think it disappears because we want it gone it's because we pray and because we're willing to confront it and deal with it and not tolerate it may god help us i know i gave you a lot tonight I know, but there's so much going on. I I still know the Daniel Boone song because he was given to us as a hero that rid the great West of these savages that were invading, trying to take over their land. And nobody would tell you who was really doing the takeover and whose land it really was. So what's the big lie? See, I don't think the question is what's the big lie. Now we have a generation that's asking, like Pilate, what is truth? What is truth? It seems like more is a lie than is true. That's why we must be anchored in Christ. And we must look to him as our only hope. May the Lord bless us. May the Lord keep us. Thank you. I went over time. I have a meeting starts in four minutes, but I'm thank you for your patience. I'm watching the numbers and y'all stayed on. I'm grateful to the Lord for you. Thank you so much. Hey, keep praying. Don't let this stuff get you down. I just started watching the news again yesterday. I took two weeks off too. This is some crazy times we're living in. Hey, but keep praying. Keep believing God. Hey, get your family closer than ever. You're going to need it. All right. Squash your foolishness, work it out, start hugging each other and loving on one another and being there for one another as best you can. Now is not the time to have divisions and foolishness. Life and racism is going to teach you, if you don't know already, how to be family. And that's within the church and in your local families. The Lord bless you. Until next time, this is Pastor Cedric saying God bless you. Good night. Oh, 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 oh,